your ranch afternoon ranch. I gotta be honest with you, Jared. I don't know if I am ready to review The Invisible Man. Just, I came in with such hopes and dreams and I left that theater just wounded wounded <laughs> you know i think all of us just left distraught you know <laughs> funny enough not because of the movie nope. either not that, like <laughs> i thought the movie was great i had a great time except for the people that you had the displeasure of sitting next to yeah. i'm sorry you know the thing of it is is that um you know before we get into this the invisible man uh movie review which we will be doing um on the 2020 release of this film um the thing of it is is that movie theaters are struggling right now they are offering unlimited passes they are doing everything they can to get butts in seats because Frankly, there's a lot of other ways to watch movies these days. I mean, I personally have always been a fan of going to theaters like my ever since my dad would take me out of school when I was a kid and would like take me out of like literally take me out of school to go see the new Harry Potter because he didn't feel like working. So he would take me out of school (laughs) and he would call. He'd be like, it's daddy daughter day. We're going to the movies. (laughs) And that, that, that really fostered my love for not only movies, but also the the you know, actual act of going to the movies. Mm-hmm. And now that it's just got even more badass. Like lately, everything is a luxury. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. We went to, well, what is it called? XD Cinemas in West Springfield? Yeah. So it's the uh, Cinemark owns it. Oh, okay. There we go. And it's yeah. the XD theater that they do. So it's like the leather seating and they recline. Right. And, and they I, serve booze now. That's news to me. But and genuinely, it's hard for me now to find theaters that don't do that yeah. because they're all taking that route because why the hell not? Mm-hmm. Why would I pay to be in an uncomfortable seat when I could just torrent the movie no (laughs) (laughs) no i would never no god i would never um ever no i genuinely wouldn't i'm very scared of viruses fun fact people be like why don't you just and i'm like i'm scared (laughs) i'm scared that the police will knock on the door like that 90s ad (laughs) you wouldn't download a card (laughs) (laughs) and they'll see me with my hood on and i'll be like oh no they know i'm the bad guy the hacker rants it's really wonderful (laughs) it's like matrix in the background but no anyway so the deal is is that theaters are you know and this is one of those very um rare times where i genuinely had a very bad experience and maybe this might have affected my view on this movie but um i was sitting next to the most obnoxious rude three people that possibly could have sat in it it genuinely felt like an snl skit at one point to <laughs> yeah, see yeah. or like if i was on breaking point or something they just wanted to see how much they could irritate me now admittedly in the beginning they were deceptively okay and that's what was really mm. irksome to me they came in a little bit late they all sit down whatever they're getting themselves situated i i understand that they even see me because I'm a very I am a very reactive person when it comes to movies. So I'm like clutching my head and I'm like covering my eyes and I'm just like, oh, you know, because I am just like that. I'm very reactive. And I will preface this by saying I don't mind. And maybe this was my karma for saying this. I don't mind. Typically, if I was to go into a movie like a horror movie and I find this happens a lot when you go on late night showings. 
if if people get really into a movie and they want to throw out a comment or be like get away from the window or something something like that yeah it adds to it actually well, I mean, yeah because like little things like that it makes you feel like it's more of like an experience right sure, yeah. so like i remember like the initial ads for like paranormal activity right when the first one came out and it was like this really big thing right all yeah. the ads for that movie were people screeching in the theater and like like yeah. popcorn flying everywhere, right? Right, and it adds to it, and that's why I do love going to the theater. Mm-hmm. However, this was that this was not that. They anything and everything that could make noise, they did it. They struggled with a bag of Cheetos or whatever the hell uh, for three solid minutes. Dude, that that hurt me because I was listening to it. Because again, I had the so you were between me and then this. Oh, so lovely group of people, right? I, I I was able to kind of zone it out, but like by the time I noticed it again, I was like, "What the hell?" Like they're still going. Like yeah, like the scene has changed three times. All right, like I, what, what are you doing with that bag? And they would only pick, and especially in a movie like this, where genuinely it is something that the silence. It would be like going to a quiet place. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, so, it, it's kind of like that. a slow burn movie, you know? Yes. Yeah. They would only pick the silent parts of the movie to start. Trying to open a bag, you know what I mean? And then never turned their phone off, so they continually got calls. But instead of putting it on silent like a thinking person, they just kept stopping the calls, like, halfway. It actually baffled me. Yeah. That annoys the living hell out of me. But I'm not going to lie. But- I could even look past all of that, Jared. I could even look past all of that. What I could not look past was that they were continually... And when I say continually, I am not being hyperbolic. Nonstop. They were doing a podcast of their own, nonstop, with co- direct commentary. They were watching with their mouths this entire movie. Anything that happened, they had to say it. My favorite part was when they had to be like, oh, it's because she's invisible. Or, you know, he's invisible. <laughs> invisible. Yeah, I think it's because, is he invisible? Is he invisible? Like a real a real thing. It's almost as if they wandered, like the Big Lebowski quote, like they wandered into a movie halfway through and started asking questions, Danny. You know what I mean? Donnie, you're being <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it it hurt me, honestly. Like there's times where, it, uh, okay, so have you ever gotten kind of like secondhand like embarrassment or like cringe from something? Mm-hmm. Like you just see something happen you're like, ugh. Like, oh, yeah. it just kind of makes you stop. Yeah. That was it whenever they would do anything. Yeah. Because, again, like, when I go to, like, the Marvel movies and stuff, right? Like, I still remember Infinity War and Endgame. People were cheering. We were like, oh, like, we were having a great time, right? Yeah. Nobody was having full-on conversations, right? No. Like, I don't mind, like, comments here and there, right? Like how you said, like, the right. whole, like, get away from the window, like, yeah. stuff like that. I don't think anybody really has an issue with. No. It's people having full-on, just, like, disrespectful conversations. Right. During the full thing. Because they weren't even trying to be quiet. Like, no. if you whisper to your friends or something, I'm not going to care. Right. But, like, her phone went off three times. Yeah. Three times in a movie. Like, doesn't that take your enjoyment away out of this, too? Like, I'm just, I'm baffled, genuinely. Yeah. It, it yeah, exactly. I, I just am like, you, you don't talk your way through a movie because you're supposed to be watching the movie how could they even jared how could they have anything to say because I, that's what really blew my mind i was like how could you actually have anything to say so anyway so they were bar none without a doubt the most disrespectful people i've ever sat next to in a theater and the problem is and the that i was telling jared afterwards is i was like there's 
a couple different courses of action. None of them work. Yeah. Right. So you just maybe you decide to engage with them, which I didn't. OK, because I knew immediately how that would go. Um, even if I was to be as polite as possible, nobody likes to be told no when they paid for a movie as well. So they'd probably either ream me out or whatever. And then now it's got everybody involved and now we're making mm-hmm. even more noise. Or I go into the manage go go snitch on them, which I don't feel good about already, and I'm missing the movie, you know. And that's if the manager does anything. Or I just what I did, the third option, grin and bear it, or grit and bear it rather, and leave with literally a headache. Like I felt like my face had been rocked. Yeah, so so my admittedly my review on this movie might be a little bit skewed, not a little bit. It might be very skewed <laughs> from that experience, you know. Um, but we're gonna get into it, okay? And first off, what I want to talk about is what Invisible Man is not and what it is, because there was a bit of confusion when it comes to this movie as to what it was actually. Um, so initially, when I told a coworker I was going to go see this, and I don't feel like there was a lot of advertisement. I I, thought, I saw some commercials, but not clearly enough that like if I was to say to someone, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to see the Invisible Man." It's not like they knew exactly what I was talking about. It's not like seeing yeah. a Star Wars movie. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. So, um, it's not based off of the novel by Ralph Ellison. <laughs> Fun fact: uh, dealing with uh, intellectual issues faced by African Americans in the earliest 20th century. No, that no. is not. Nope. Um, nope. Uh, it is also not a sequel or any relation to Hollow Man from 2000 with Kevin Bacon. And that one was especially, uh, I would say it was very creepy. That was a very, yeah. it was like a sci-fi. Um, it, that one was, though, inspired by H.G. Wells' The Invisible Man. So you could say that they're kind of like cousins. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like this is kind of, in. Uh, I just said this before I went on air, but I was like, this is very loosely taking the idea in the Invisible Man, yeah. like of the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. by just having a man that is invisible. <laughs> that, is, that is basically the only connection that you will catch between this movie and any of the other previous Invisible Man type stories. Well, the closest one you'll find is the 1933 movie where mm. um, you got the iconic guy in all the wraps of uh, paper, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think it was like bandages with, uh, yeah. with the, the sunglasses and like the fedora. Yeah, and so that's, that's and that movie was based off of um, the H.G. Wells Invisible Man story. So, I mean, but again, what, what Jared was saying, it's ba- it's basically... Again, there's nothing to talk about, man. There's <laughs> the plot is really simple. Um, you've got Elizabeth Olsen. Who... Oh, uh, Elizabeth oh, uh, Moss. Who? Thank you. I think it's Moss, right? Yep, yep, yeah, yes. it is. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, it's it's because it's Elizabeth Olsen's birthday. That's why I said oh. that. <laughs> like I was like, oh, okay, Elizabeth Moss, who you might recognize from Handmaid's Tale. That's or probably or also as um, Peggy in uh, Mad Men. Um, she plays. A woman named Cecilia, who is married and in a terrible, abusive marriage to this uh, optics scientist, Adrian Griffin, who they're in a very terrible, toxic relationship. He's controlling. He's abusive. He controls everything about her. So she drugs him with diazepam and escapes. And um, and that's kind of where the story unfolds. He does, then stalks her in this invisible suit. You know, yeah, again, pretty simple 
plot even simpler i would say than sonic like when i'm <laughs> like saying like you know when i'm saying it so um Give me your spoiler-free review of The Invisible Man. All right, so I definitely think this is probably one of my favorite horror movies that I've seen in recent memory. Mm -hmm. I think A Quiet Place is the only one in the past few years that has really kind of connected with me like this. Wow. I felt really tense during this entire movie. Yeah. Which I think if you're going into a movie, especially like a Blumhouse movie, right? And we were talking about this too, where if you go see a Blumhouse horror movie, it is either going to be award-winning or just a garbage pile, right? You know, Blumhouse was responsible for Paranormal Activity, which mm-hmm. I would argue really good. Yeah. Insidious, also very good. You know what I mean? It, it, it was also... <laughs> Truth or dare, notably. <laughs> the Purge, very good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Then there are a lot of them that I'm like, I don't recognize this at all, like Tooth Fairy. <laughs> oh, God, that was, that was so It bad. was also, you know, Tooth Fairy, and uh, that... Lords of Salem movie from Rob Zombie and um, you know I think yeah so like Truth or Dare was another one and then recently Fantasy Island also came out which is another Blumhouse movie yeah both yeah. of which very very bad yeah so it was kind of a hit or a miss and that's just kind of the track record that Blumhouse has but you know what I say this one's a hit yeah I really like this one for sure and again like if you're looking for like a slow burn movie that really kind of makes you feel like it just makes you feel like really on edge, right? Because I remember uh, I went back to Amanda's place afterward, and then I was like, "The Invisible Man could be in the corner. I don't know anymore, man." And it was just like, it, like it kind of leaves like, like it stays with you. Yeah. If you can properly enjoy the movie, that is. Yeah. Um, I would say for my spoiler-free review, I enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you. I'm not even talking about the experience that I had, but I felt at times it was a bit too slow and I needed more payoff. Um, I really, really relished the moments where we would get inklings that he was in the room, like the seat imprint or his mm-hmm. breath being shown behind her, you know, head and things like that. So, um, you know, I really do uh, like appreciate those moments, but I felt like sometimes it was moving at a very slow pace. She's fantastic to watch. Um, she's an amazing, amazing actress. Mm-hmm. I hope she doesn't get pigeonholed. I was thinking about this. She also, you know, played a character who suffered a lot of abuse uh, and resiliency ultimately um, in uh, Handmaid's Tale. And I was like thinking to myself, I was like, is she going to get pigeonholed in this type of role? You know what I mean? So, I, you know, but overall, I would say it was good. Um, definitely not my favorite horror movie that I've seen recently. Uh, and I would I would probably give it like a seven out of ten. So it was average. I think this know? is just because me and you have <laughs> put movies on different scales. Yeah, no, I'm probably thinking like a seven. Okay, seven but yeah, yeah, for you, it's like, a, yeah, it's like, hey, that's pretty good. I like that. Um, okay, so, all right, so that's it for the spoiler-free review. Any further, prepare to be spoiled. There's not a lot to spoil, though, if, to be honest mm, with you. I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like the movie goes where I expect it to, honestly. Like, I felt like the plot projection, you know what I mean, the mm. way that it went, it almost didn't feel to you, and maybe this is the H.G. Wells part coming out, or, you know... Um, because admittedly, I've never read the book or anything, so I have no idea. It did feel like, in a lot of times in older movies, 
you would think like it would be over and then it would keep going. And you're like, well, how can it still keep going? You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is like she starts to she she escapes. It starts with her escape. Right. So it's not even about that. It's more so about like her credibility slowly being eroded time and time again. Yeah, which honestly, I think that concept could have done better. But like, so now that just because we're officially in the spoiler territory, where do you think it like should have ended instead? Because I didn't really feel that way. Like if I'm watching like a lot of movies from like the 30s or 40s, like like the original Invisible Man, I get exactly what you're saying. I didn't really feel that way too much, though. I felt I felt like it could have ended honestly when when um she when she shot the guy honestly I was like oh okay but then it was like no it's his brother in the suit and it's actually you know she has to go and kill him so I mean I guess I get that I I don't know maybe I'm I'm gonna rescind on that a little bit mm-hmm. maybe I don't feel like that but I just feel like certain movies they they take their time like they they remind me a lot of classic movies if you watch old black and white movies they're also like that they take their time they really explore different relationships and maybe I would even argue that that is a strength of this movie it was just different you mm-hmm. know pacing yeah and I definitely think that uh, there's definitely some aspects of the movie that I feel like that they probably should have honed in on a little bit more. Personally, I think it would have been really cool to see see the movie uh, unfold in a way where you, as the viewer, actually don't know if she's being stalked by the Invisible Man or not. Like, I I think that there would have like I really loved like the small build up things that they did, right? So like the his butt his butt print being on the couch, right? Or mm-hmm. like seeing like his breath when they're out on the cold night, right? Seeing stuff like that I thought was really cool, but I think the movie would have been a lot more interesting if us as the viewer didn't know if she was actually crazy or not. Because that's a big thing that the rest of the characters deal with, right? Right. They don't know if, if they believe her or not for this. Times when I really get into a movie is when I really do believe the course of action that the main character is taking. Like a lot of times what can really take you out of a slasher can take you out of these certain ridiculous horror movies is you're like, I would never do that in a million years. Why would you run up the stairs if you're running away from (laughs) the killer? Why wouldn't you run out the door? Kind of things like that. But she would take courses of action that I truly uh, believed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She had some unusual things happen in the beginning. She tried to move on with her life. She tried to just go about going through job interviews or going you know and and doing things and i was like i can understand that because nobody wants to believe that like you know they're being stalked by an event that sounds crazy you Mm -hmm. know and i also understood how the characters reacted too they loved her i can't speak highly enough of um aldous hodge who plays james and his daughter played by storm reed um she They both were so great, so believable, and they added a warmth and depth. They felt like so much more than just side characters or, you know, cardboard stand-ups of like, this is supposed to be her friends. Like, I really believed in their friendship Mm -hmm. and relationship, and it really hurt your feelings when that started to erode and her credibility was being washed away and they believed she was going crazy. Mm -hmm. So let's take that bedroom scene, right? Yeah. So she's sleeping uh, with her friend's daughter, and um, in the... Basically, the sheets get pulled off of them while they're sleeping. She she's like wakes up because of uh, the lights, mm-hmm. right? I think it would have been great if they kind because of, I feel like it almost pulled the curtain back a little bit too much when we actually see the blankets get pulled off, right? Mm-hmm. Like if that scene started with with them with no blankets and we just see like the blankets on the floor, 
and it's her just waking up to that, being like, oh, that's weird, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. It was a little bit on the nose, very, yeah. you know, very like, okay, he's here now. It's yeah. the Invisible Man. Here's his <laughs> antics. Um, but uh, I also do want to note about that scene. So, obviously, if you ever are watching horror movies and uh, there's, like, a scene involving a bed and pictures being taken, you wonder to yourself... Is it about to go into a very dark realm? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was about to get sexual, if it was about to get really dark. Right. Um, you know, she does allude to um, rape earlier in the movie. And I was mm-hmm. thinking to myself, oh, no, is, is it going to go that route? And it didn't. It didn't go that route in this movie. And I did appreciate that. I was like, I don't need absolute shock factor in mm-hmm. every movie that I have. Right. Like, I don't need to go into the darkest depths of depravity. I like that she didn't fully ever explain and left it up to our imagination. Yeah, and I'm kind of okay with that, too. Like, I completely agree where I think it's almost kind of like knowing your time and place, like when to bring something up, right? Right. Like, if I want to watch, like, a hard-hitting movie that's going to tackle difficult subjects like that, right? Yeah. I'm not going to look for it in kind of like the flavor of the week horror movie, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. L- again, like again, there's definitely like horror movies that go right on in and deal with like some really heavy really topics. Really dark, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Some of them do it really well. Right. But there's a lot of times where it turns out just to be schlock. It wasn't and so I'm needed. happy they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It wasn't needed because they, yeah. they knew the story. They knew the characters that they wanted to, to you know, to go with. Yeah. I mean, it is rated R because um, there is, you know, language, but and there's definitely extreme violence. But not extreme in the way of Saw either, you know no, what I mean? No, no. Yeah, so I feel like it finds like this really good balance where like... Yeah. And I, I know I said this actually. I think it was back in our Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark review. Where I was like, that movie would be pretty good if, like, there's, like, a high schooler that wants to try getting into horror, right? I feel like this movie would actually do a pretty good job of that, too. Not as kid-friendly, obviously, but I do think it does a good job of kind of exploring the more, like, mental side of horror movies instead of it just being kind of like a pointless slasher film. This was um, the modern-day Fatal Attraction, honestly. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, so Fatal Attraction was one of those movies that... My dad, funny enough, when he didn't, <laughs> I would always ask him to tell me a story or something, and he would just tell me a story. He would just tell me the plot of Predator, Tommy. <laughs> so he told me the plot of Fatal Attraction of maybe. Oh my god! Sorry, mom. When I was like maybe thirteen or whatever, I'm sure he skipped out some parts uh, or so whatever. That's funny, but though. but you know, at the same time, what I'm saying is, this is one of those movies where I agree. Like it's one of those things where it's not gonna really take you to the most depraved parts mm-hmm. but it's going to definitely stress you out and i feel like the moments where it actually kind of made me appreciate the film the most right because we're saying that it's not like really groundbreaking right mm-hmm. like for me like the conjuring was like one of those movies where i was like wow this was sure. phenomenal yeah right? absolutely yeah the, i didn't really get that but at the very least there's a lot of really cool sequences especially with the camera work because they do a good job with without doing quite literally anything right so, like, the first scene in the movie where they kind of allude to him being in the same room as her is when she's cooking breakfast after she gets uh, uh, the the check from him. Right. right? Yeah. Once she's uh, once he dies, he gets she gets all his money and he's like this super successful scientist. So, yeah, she gets everything. Yeah. And so what happens? She's cooking breakfast. Right. And she leaves to, like, go upstairs and talk to uh, the daughter real quick. Mm-hmm. And we're just looking at this wide shot of. Of the entire kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting to see, like, something move or something like that. 
No- nothing happened, right? But it did such a good job of building up that suspense just as we were watching her eggs burn, right? Yeah. And I really think, like, you go into this movie and you're expecting to see, like, an invisible man, right? Or at least, like, see him at work. It did a really good job of that whole, like, slow burn effect of just, like, like, because I was trying to analyze every second of that frame while I was watching. I was like, is, is something going to happen? Like, is something going to fall over? Is he going to, like, honestly, I was kind of expecting him to shut off the pan. Right. And, like, something like that. But it, there's a lot of angles like that where, like, they'll pan, and there's going to be nothing in frame for 10 seconds except for the shot, right? Yeah. And so it really just kind of, like, and that's the part that really made me feel on edge, where I was like, like, I don't really... You don't know what to look for. Yeah, like, I know I'm supposed to be looking for something, and I'm not seeing anything, and I was like, oh. It's like the visual effect of A Quiet Place, where you're like, wow, there's Mm. no sound, but I know that something is going to, like, make me jump here eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, The sound was super loud in our theater, and... Okay, I wasn't sure if that was just me or not. No, it was like... It was really, really, really loud. Um, but it, it, you know, in the very opening credits, they had the ocean waves crashing onto a rock, and they're just showing the title again. Very old school in the way that they did that. Was that kind of cheesy to you, like the opening <sighs> title crawl? No, I wouldn't say it was cheesy. I, 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 I kind of liked it. I just didn't like how freaking loud the waves were. I was like, yeah. "Good lord, this is an assault on the senses!" Mm-hmm. Like, and um. I would jump when I heard like a dog bark or something, but you know, I will say though, with the pacing and stuff, there was times where I just felt like I was like, "Oh my god, we get it. He's invisible." Okay, like, so, you know. so I gotta ask: Is that just because whenever it got quiet in the movie, all you heard was the yammering it of the people to your left? It might be. It might be. I became acutely aware of. Um, yeah. I have a very difficult time anyway when uh, two people are talking at once or something. I am. I cannot focus on. <laughs> I have weird auditory issues before I'm learning as I'm getting older too that I'm noticing that I blend people's um lines or something that they're saying together really? I don't okay. fully hear it yeah so I hear something totally different and um yeah well that's when at one point I had to be just like because it was at this pivotal moment in the this uh movie this really was the crescendo of the the action where she finds out that she is pregnant um, with uh, Adrian's baby, obviously, which is obviously the last thing she wanted, being pregnant with her abuser's baby. And her brother is, bl- or not her brother, his brother is blackmailing her, mm-hmm. basically, to give up her funds, to give up the money, and to have to take care of this baby. And I that's all I could really get out of it, because, again, you know, the three chatterboxes over there, yeah. I literally had to be like, I don't know what they're saying i had to say it out loud and they shut up for a little bit my favorite shot in the entire movie was when she's in the attic and she gets the text saying surprise mm-hmm. and then she throws like the paint can and they showed in the i mean they showed it in the, the commercial for it so the surprise was kind of like not fully there for me but it was still really cool seeing her throw a paint can down the stairs to the attic and then just seeing nothing but like the paint just basically floating in air like as it hits him that okay, so and again, Amanda was with us. That scared the hell out of her. And for me, yeah. I was like, "How did they do that?" Because like I'm, I'm just thinking like like the film part of my brain. I was like, "That's such a cool effect." I was yeah. like, "That is awesome." Yeah, right, right, right. It, um, also, I do need to bring up to you because I didn't realize this until I had the Wikipedia page in front of me just mm-hmm. now. This movie started, the project began in 2007. What they wanted to do was Universal wanted to have a shared cinematic oh, universe. Oh, the dark universe, right? Yes, yeah. in 2016. Um, and Johnny Depp 
was going to play the the title role and um but the but the, that was totally scrapped because, because the mummy, the mummy yeah. it was a uh, 2017 was a total commercial failure. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Oliver Jackson Cohen, how do we feel about him playing Adrian as opposed to Johnny Depp? I think he did okay. And maybe it's just because it's Johnny Depp. But I'm like, if I see Johnny Depp in a role, I see Johnny Depp, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't really see... And, like, I have no issue with the dude. I think he's a great actor and everything. But it's one of those things where he has, like, such renown at this point mm. where I'm like, I like it's hard for me to not see him as, like, Captain Jack Sparrow, you know? Right. Or just, like... Every shot I see him in, I'm just like, oh, that's Johnny Depp. Same thing with Robert Downey Jr. now, too, where I'm like, oh, that's Robert Downey Jr. That's Iron Man, right? And instead he's Dr. Doolittle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dangerous line that I'm feeling like a lot of Marvel characters are going to Mm -hmm. be facing soon is that, um, you know, Chris Evans is transitioning to me pretty seamlessly. He's been doing really good, yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's the smart thing to do because we've talked about this before on on, on this podcast, but we've talked about how... There are sometimes actors that now cannot escape certain roles because they just look too much like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Oliver Jackson Cohen, by the way, is from The Haunting of Hill House, which was one of my favorites. He was really good in that. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, it, the role didn't... Funny enough, though it's called The Invisible Man, I don't feel like it called for much on the acting thing. You just had to be smarmy, and you had to be mm. believable. You had to have a punchable look I think <laughs> about you I, he would just have to be a jerk i man. think he he has a pretty punchable face i'm not gonna lie what's funny is he didn't in haunting of hill house like you felt bad for the yeah, guy right. like so well, okay, I, his so, face didn't change well, okay so he was the addict in haunting of hill house right yeah yeah okay so that's why that's yeah why he, like, yeah he played the the attic and and he was really good in that but yeah he did a really good mm. job playing a douchebag i do want to say uh for his acting i actually thought uh at the end and i don't know if you want to get into kind of like theory territory i fully believe that adrian was the one who was kind of pulling the strings the entire time yes so at the very end cecilia, cecilia goes yeah. to adrian's house she's all dressed up they're going to dinner uh, he has dinner at the house and come to find out uh, she has a wire on her, right? James is listening in, her cop friend's listening in in a car, and, and she's hoping to get a confession from Adrian that it was not his brother in the suit, but it was actually him that had been stalking her and ruining her life in this invisible suit. And Adrian repeatedly denies, um, but he does it with a grin. He does it in a way that is he's saying one thing, but we ha- we're we're mm-hmm. faltering. Really beautiful moment. That would that was a very beautiful moment that they he never did say it was him. It mm-hmm. does leave us questioning. So what is your theory so on that? I completely think that he that he found some way to like convince his brother to go along with it, right? Maybe they were teamed up, maybe it was for the money. I don't know. Yeah. But at the end, again, that word surprise comes up a handful of times in the movie, right? And it's always said by who we think is Adrian, right? Yeah. And, or the Invisible Man, I should say, because it comes up in the text. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody says surprise when she's about to get drugged when she's in the asylum, right? Yep. And then he says a surprise once again when they're when he's like kneeling down in front of her. Right. In, during their discussion, right? Yeah. And then I also think, again, like right as she leaves the room to go and like, you know, like clean herself up, quote unquote. We have like this really long shot on him, and it really and it just kind of sticks with you because he he's kind of like smirking to himself, right? And it's this really long, like maybe like a ten second shot, yeah, right. And like the only other character that they've done that in this movie for is the Invisible Man, you know. So like, that's I, true. Yeah, so like maybe I, I could be overthinking it, 
I don't know. No, but. I don't think you are. I mean, I know this doesn't make for good uh, podcasting, but I do completely agree with you on that. Yeah. I think that the just all the signs point to, you know, I mean, the, the whole argument against Adrian being the actual invisible man is the fact that he was found by police um, tied up and locked in his basement. But again, we know that he's like this millionaire and he's really manipulative. Mm-hmm. And she said before that he's gaslighted her in the past and he does this thing so she ends up that's what the invisible man does though it's just gaslight her for an hour and a half right (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um and then uh at the very end she decides to um she she basically puts on the suit the invisible there's an extra suit she puts it on she kills him with a knife and Mm -hmm. it's caught on his camera that it looks like he kills himself right and the cop decides to go along with it mm-hmm. she's like oh you heard he killed himself and it stops <laughs> with her face a, a long shot of her face especially and, in hindsight like i think i've grown to appreciate that shot a lot it's a very classic movie mm-hmm. like again yeah. like it it reads very much so as i'm talking about it with you like with the the scrolling credits in the beginning mm-hmm. and you've also got you know her with the long shot of her face at the end and movies like that they did they just had this long pacing where they really took time to establish um characters so maybe maybe i have to rescind a little bit again of what i said like where i'm like it was just moving very fast um getting into is it worth it well <laughs> all right you 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 go ahead okay so taking out from the fact that i could not hear some of the most tense scenes in the movie due to um the schmucks uh, mm-hmm. to the left of me. Schmucks. The schmucks. God, what a, wait, we're going back I'm, to old time. Uh, yeah, yeah, the out. schmucks over there. Yeah. The schmucks Ru- over there ruined ru- my viewing experience. They are ruining the uh, picture show. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, God, I'm never going to another talkie with them. Anyway. <laughs> they're ruining the talkie. Um, yeah. yeah, I had a really great time. I am looking forward to just, uh, I'm waiting for it to come on Netflix so I can rewatch it again without any interruptions, you know. But, I mean, from what I was able to pick up, you know, again, aside from the people that were in the theater with us, I had a really good time with it, especially like cinematography-wise. I thought it was really cool how they managed to do a lot with literally nothing, right? Right. Because they really made you feel like that he was in the shot with you, even though it, you know, even though they didn't need to do anything on their part to convince us of that, you know. Yeah. So I, I thought it was a really well done movie. Definitely for everything that could have gone wrong, especially it being part of like the dark universe, right? Mm. I'm very happy with how it came out. This so. was the best you could have done with a situation like that, especially yeah. after showing that the mummy was not a six, which, to be honest, I never saw. But oh, it was bad. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh man. Um, maybe, maybe one day. Um, but I don't think anybody was clamoring for that. But if you're gonna, you're gonna put in a top-notch actress like Elizabeth, uh, almost called Moss. Her also, yeah. If you're gonna put in a top-notch actress like Elizabeth Moss in there, and she's gonna like literally carry this film. Um, she's the one to do it. She's so like awesome to watch. Genuinely, it's just kind of amazing. She's acting in a room by herself, <laughs> terrified, and and she's just so freaking well, actually, good. One thing on that, she actually wasn't acting by herself. So like in the fight scenes, uh, like when she's getting thrown around in mm. the kitchen and stuff, and I, I watched a couple well, behind yeah, the scenes. Well, yeah, of course. Things. Like the, there's no, a, there's yeah, no, it was a guy in a green, it was a guy wearing like yeah. a green suit, right? Okay. And I didn't know that. Well, because in a lot of movies, it's just people punching the air, right? Yeah. But she's actually hitting a dude on top of her, right? Yeah. No, that was really that was smart. No, I. Yeah. Sorry, no, Jared, sorry. I know she's not floating on her own. Well, no, but being, I, I know, being but thrust like, into the sky. Okay, but that's what they she's do for other movies. Good. I know, but like it, a lot of times they just do like CGI stuff to make it look like somebody's flying across. No, 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 no. <laughs> they they went like gorilla with this. I like it. That was good. Yeah. yeah. No. Um. 
Uh, but definitely not somewhere that you should leave it to chance uh, whether or not you're going to get interrupted. This is definitely a movie that you want to see with full, you know, attention and to really be able to appreciate it and and full quiet, <laughs> quiet. <laughs> and so maybe theaters is not the venue to see it in, honestly, because uh, you just never know what kind of crowd. It's a mixed mm-hmm. bag, man. You never know what yeah. you're going to get like when it comes to a crowd. And this is not the movie you want people talking in not at, at all. all. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I guess uh, we have been Leah Rant. We have been Afternoon Rants. We've been Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> and you guys have been wonderful. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>